The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened their own foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. celebrate this 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, I invite you to make note of a couple of things on the next two Saturdays. Um, typically, we have the, the St. Charbel Healing Mass on the 22nd of each month, uh, but the Feast of St. Charbel is the 24th of July, uh, and so we're going to be moving uh, the St. Charbel Healing Mass to the, the Saturday Mass next Saturday, uh, July the 24th, so it'll be, it'll be a regular Mass um, for for that feast day, uh, but afterwards we'll do the, the St. Charbel uh, prayers and anointings with the holy oil. It will be at the, the 8 o'clock Mass as normal on Saturday mornings. And we invite you uh, to come out for a parish work day. It will be happening two Saturdays from now on July the 31st. Uh, we've got uh, a whole variety of projects that can be uh, done by anyone and everyone, hopefully. Uh, have something for anybody, anybody that wants to show up. An opportunity for us to gather together as a community uh, and to be able to continue to keep our campus beautiful. So I invite you to come for that. Uh, we'll have 8 o'clock Mass uh, as normal that Saturday morning as well. Uh, we'll start work afterwards and we'll wrap up at noon with a little lunch. As we read the readings, as we hear them proclaimed, there's a common theme, of course, that of unity. And of a shepherd. Unity, a desire of God to heal divisions and have that integrity restored that was at the beginning. But we recognize that in our world there is often not unity, rather, there is division. And just as a reminder, division typically comes from one thing the evil one. Certainly, Christ calls all of us to make a decision whenever we come to follow him or not. So there is a, a division which Christ himself makes, but it's a, decision, it's a division over willingness to be united in him. The evil one seeks division in all realms. No matter what, it is the evil one who seeks to pull people away from one another. It happens from the first. The first chapters of Genesis... Eve separated from God, Eve separated from Adam, Adam separated from God, Adam and Eve separated from each other entirely, Adam and Eve then separated a bit from their family, and then everyone else afterwards trying to kill each other. Chapter 3. This is the reality. Is the evil one from the beginning seeks to sow division. But it is Christ who comes to continue the work of the Father in bringing about the unity of humanity. 
Jeremiah speaks to us of those shepherds who ought to have been working for unity, but were not. Shepherds who are scattering the flock rather than keeping it, rather than guiding it and directing it, feeding it, nourishing it, keeping it safe and united together. Those shepherds who instead seek to consume the flock, to abuse the flock, to neglect it, to take advantage of it and to use it for themselves. These shepherds, our Lord tells us through Jeremiah, will have their reward. They have their earthly favor, fine and good. They have received what they will receive here. But in the end, God will give them the punishment that is theirs. Our Lord desires good shepherds, and he promises that he will send one in particular. And we know the man, Jesus Christ. But still today in the life of the church, there are shepherds who are not seeking to gather the sheep together, but rather to scatter and to abuse, to divide and to separate. All the work of the evil one, wolves in sheep's clothing, in a sense, even as our shepherds. We've seen this on headline after headline after headline for 15 years going on now at least, I know, 20 years, I think, uh, and more if we look deeper into the church in various other ways. New sexual abuse scandals, financial scandals, the fact of, of the, the, liberal, uh, the liberal agenda of so many uh, that has uh, essentially espoused itself uh, to political leanings or the ultra-conservative uh, leanings of others who espouse themselves to the other end of things. That the faith has become politicized in so many realms, seeking to divide us, us against them, this group against that group in the body of Christ and the church, or even simply sometimes by remaining silent. The shepherds allowing divisions to continue to foster and, and to grow within the body of Christ, the church, because they simply don't want to say anything and upset either side, or lest they betray their true colors and show where they may actually stand. But no matter what, we see that there are shepherds who continue today to scatter the flock, and they have their reward, just as our Lord tells us. They have their earthly reward, but the Lord will give them what is, the, what is just on the last day when they stand before him, as all of us will. Thanks, thanks be to God, though. Our hope and our unity is not simply in men. The Psalms tell us this. It says, do not, put your, do not put your trust in men. Do not put your trust in princes. Do not put your trust in horses. Interestingly, <laughs> the Psalms are reminding us that right, the, the chariots of old, that one's earthly authority and earthly power uh, are not the things in which we have to place our trust. Rather, our trust is in God and in God alone. The trust of our unity, the seeking of our unity and the attainment of it, is found in one thing. And one man, Jesus. This is what St. Paul tells us and encourages us to remember not only the people 2,000 years ago, but for us today, that Christ is the principle of our unity. It is Christ to whom we are to come. Not to be able to, to set ourselves on certain, certain teachings or certain preferences or certain whatever the case may be that may divide us, but rather to focus upon Christ and allow Him to bring us together in accordance with His most holy will. It was Paul who speaks to the people who were the ones who were far off, the ones who were the Gentiles. He reminds them that the day who had been far off have also been brought near to Christ. And those who were near, i.e. the Jews, 
have also been brought near to Christ. So that no matter what might have been the case, whether one was on that side of the wall or this side of the wall, the simple fact is that Christ has destroyed the wall. And he's brought the two sides to be one in himself. And this is the hinge of the entire thing. Is all of this happens in himself. In Christ. Not simply on account of Christ or, or this thing, but in him. We're united in him. Every one of us, by virtue of our baptism, is made a member of the body of Christ. A single body. Not a separate body. Not like a magic show where the, upper, where the torso and the upper half of the body is on one side of the stage and the legs are on the other side doing a little dance or some foolishness like this. It is one integrated body that must remain integrated lest we perish. And the maintaining of all this is by each of us individually drawing closer to the principle of our unity, Christ himself. We are in him, but we must strive to remain in him. The evil one would seek to pull us away. The evil one would seek to separate us, just as he sought to separate Adam and Eve from God in the first. It is for us to stay close to our good shepherd. It is for us to stay close to the Lord who has indeed come and has provided for us. The one who protects us with the rod and the staff to be able to pull us out of the holes that we find ourselves in and our sin and to be able to strike up with his staff to be able to cast away the evil one that seeks to pull us away from him. By staying close to Christ to ensure that we are nourished with the green, green grass that is our nourishment for us the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ, the attainment of, 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 of a little slice of heaven for us each time we receive, already a foretaste of that ultimate union that will, ne- that will never cease in eternal joy. We must stay close to Christ. So as we offer this Holy Mass, it's an opportunity for us to do exactly that. Certainly we need to pray for unity in the church, to pray for good shepherds, for men who will be willing to lay down their life in imitation of Jesus Christ, for the unity of Christ in his church, for the unity of the body of Christ, to be willing to do the hard thing and to say the hard thing so as to draw all closer to the heart of Jesus. And for each of us to pray, to pray to our good Lord, to stay close to him in our own lives. It does no good to have good shepherds if the sheep refuse to follow. And this is the reality. It's all of us called to follow Christ. And when he sends us those good shepherds, it's for us to place our trust in them. To place our trust in the good Lord who has provided them. To keep us close to one another. To keep us safe in our good Lord. So we pray. We pray for unity. We pray to Christ. He who is our justice. He who is our hope.